On the show today, Rich and I talk about the perfect things to eat and drink for next week's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm your host, Brad Jackson, and you're listening to the February 7th, 2022 edition of Coffee and Koshan. So, Rich, next weekend is Super Bowl Sunday. It's like the only time of the year when when food and sports perfectly mix because uh, Super Bowl Sunday is the all-day party that leads up to and includes the Super Bowl. And um, it's really like that special time of year when everyone gathers around the TV and you're, you have all the excuse in the world to drink and eat as much as you possibly want while watching football. It's like heaven. Like, it doesn't get much better than this next Sunday. So uh, I thought today we would talk about uh, what we like to eat and drink for Super Bowl Sunday. You did some great uh, work on cocktails people can enjoy that are specific to this game. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk about the two things I always make on Super Bowl Sunday. One... I love to do a Korean fried chicken. And um, the way I do that is I do a uh, like a home breaded fried chicken that you would do like like, you know, like shake it in the bag sort of thing. But I like to include some gojujang and some uh, some nice peppery spices. And um, I like to make it I like to make it hot. I, I like to make a spicy fried chicken. And um, uh, I like to serve that first. And uh, one time I did it uh, on waffles, which was really particularly awesome. Um, uh, but then what I like to do for game time, uh, and my kids love this, um, I like to get sausages, like like good sausages. And obviously I live in Central Texas, so we have lots of uh, barbecue sausage options here. It's a big thing. Thank you to all the Czechs who moved here uh, years ago and started that trend. Um, but what we like to do is um, I, I take... Uh, good uh, smoked sausage and uh, I brown it up in the pan get some color get some some flavor from that then I wrap it in um, just like like canned dough right like uh, dough you'd make like croissants out of or whatever like like crescent roll dough Um, then I brush it with butter I sprinkle it with everything bagel spice and um, I, I bake it off and then you get like an everything bagel dog um, but not with like a cheap hot dog, but like like with a really good sausage inside. And uh, you dip it in mustard or a horseradish sauce. That's always really tasty. Um, and that's like a great thing that both adults and kids can enjoy while they're watching the game. And so you get you get some some spicy chicken, you get some good bagel dogs, uh, you get some good uh, chips and dip, and you've got yourself the great setup. To watch a lot of football. What do you guys like to uh, cook when you do the, the game, Rich? So I, I've i done a lot of different things. I don't have a specific game day menu, but what I've learned and the direction I, I go these days is don't get too caught up in meal food. It's because it's a big day. Sometimes you have this tendency to want to like really make something, but then you can't eat while you mill around. You don't want to eat on the couch. So I like doing uh, like chicken wings a lot. And I actually uh, do slightly healthier chicken wings that uh, my kids are really fond of where I will just bake them, Uh, you know, use like a good barbecue uh, dry rub 
put that on, bake them until they're just about done, and then turn on the broiler to get some texture on the outside. And it's, you know, it's not a fried wing, but I actually kind of like the lighter wings myself. I do love fried chicken. And uh, so I'm very interested in uh, your, your Korean recipe, but I like to do the wings. And then I'm a big fan of Italian sausages. So, you know, salami, pepperoni. So I like to have a variety of those, some cheeses, some crackers, like you said, some dips and do that. Uh, one year, uh, I'm trying to remember when, but I, I got it in my head to, to do this Pramonti brothers style sandwich, which I have never been to the actual Pramonti brothers, but it, it's one of those things you'll see on the internet. It's kind of a famous place where they put everything in the sandwich. So French fries, slaw, meat, cheese, a, a fried egg at times. So I'm thinking, Oh, this is such an, a decadent indulgent thing. I'm going to make this at home for the Super Bowl, And then I'm in the kitchen instead of watching the game because I'm trying to pull together all this different stuff. <laughs> But I do have a question about uh, going back. Now, for your chicken, do you buy an entire chicken and break it down, or do you do just breast, or do you do tenderloins, or how, how do you do that? Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, sometimes I do just uh, thighs, bone and, and skin on thighs, um, because let's be honest, that's that's the tastiest meat on a bird. Um, sometimes I'll do uh, like uh, like... I'll cut up the breast into like strips um, because the kids like the breast more than they like the thighs. Um, and I'll go that route. Um, but honestly, I did try, I did try the get a whole chicken, break it down thing one year. And uh, I'll be honest, that's, that's a lot of work on Super Bowl Sunday to do. <laughs> yeah. um, the nice thing about getting like chicken thighs or, or wings or whatever is that like, you just take them out of the package Drop them in the seasoning and stuff, and you go. And you go. Um, if you're going to break down a chicken, that that's that's a lot of work. And as you said, it's Super Bowl Sunday. You want to watch some of the lead up. You know, you want you want to get into the into the game and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, if you spend too much time on the food, that's a little difficult. That's one of the reasons the bagel dogs are so good because like the prep time is like minimal. Like it takes you ten minutes, and uh, then you throw in the oven for a few minutes, and then you're done, and you got bagel dogs. Um, and uh, they don't have to be hot, hot, hot when you eat them. So even if you sort of like just set them out on a tray for the whole fam and they dig into them throughout the game, that's really fine. Like they, they still work just great. Um, if you want to just like go nuke them for a few seconds, you can. Um, that's one thing. I, that's one reason I really like those on uh, game day. Plus, like you can just eat it with one hand, you know, hold a cup of whatever you want to dip it in and the other uh, and watch the game all at once. But that brings us to Rich. Uh, what to drink for the game, and you have done some uh, crack research. This was really this was tough work here that we gave to you, Rich, to track down some damn good alcohol to have for next weekend. So uh, let's run over what are we going to be drinking next weekend during the game. So I really did do research for this. So I started out trying to find signature cocktails for L.A. and Cincinnati. For Cincinnati, I came up mostly empty-handed. There was a Cincinnati cocktail that was literally just beer with some club soda poured on top of it, which I don't understand at all. Uh, when it comes to L.A., everything is a signature L.A. cocktail. Uh, but one that did come up a lot was the martini. Now, whereas you and I like martinis, it's kind of a stiff drink to have 
on Super Bowl Sunday because you're not going to have just one. And so from there, I started researching the quarterbacks. And what I found was that Stafford, uh, Matthew Stafford for the Rams, he does enjoy a tipple, but mostly he seems to just be a beer guy. And for Joe Burrow, the only thing I could find about him was that he really loves orange juice. So, you know, beer and screwdrivers are, are fine. I, you know, particularly beer. I'm not much of a screwdriver guy since I'm an adult, but uh, I, I didn't want to go that lazy. And so I kept rooting around and I found that there was a bar in Baton Rouge that had served a drink called the El Joe Burrow. And what it consisted of was it's basically a, a Moscow mule made with Reposado tequila, which Reposado is aged in oak barrels between two months and a year. Uh, if you go over a year, one to three, you get the Añejo. And then if you go over that, uh, I think the Añejo goes up to three years. And then over that, it's a uh, super Añejo. And anyway, so the Reposado has just a little bit of age, just a little bit of oak on it. And they also uh, did an Herb Saint uh, spritz for the glass. And then it said pineapple, but I didn't find an actual recipe for this, and I didn't have any pineapple, but I had some Meyer lemons. So here is my take on the El Joe Burrow, which is very refreshing. So I rinsed my glass with absinthe because herbsinth was a substitute that was made when absinthe was banned, and I didn't want to go back to the liquor store just for that. And then I put in one and a half ounces of tequila, the juice of half a Meyer lemon, which I had a bag of Meyer lemons I had picked up, and it's got a little bit a little bit closer. The urban legend is that it's halfway between an orange and a lemon, which is not true, but it does have more sweetness to it. So in honor of Burrow and the fact that I didn't have uh, any pineapple around, I threw in the juice of half a Meyer lemon, uh, one and a half ounces of tequila, stir, filled the cup with ice, topped with ginger beer, and it was surprisingly good. You know, I was doing this for this show, but it's something that I would go back to. I would probably recommend it more in the summer. But, you know, you're thinking about L.A., the Super Bowl being in L.A. Uh, with the Rams having home field advantage, essentially. Uh, it's it's a nice, refreshing drink. Now for Stafford. Well, hold on. Hold on. Before, before we get to Stafford, let's talk about this drink for a second. So um, uh, let's let's talk about tequila because tequila is rapidly becoming – uh, one of the most popular alcohols in in the country. It's about to take over vodka as the number one hard liquor. So, um, talk talk to me. You you mentioned that that this reposado has some age on it. Uh, talk about the sort of uh, variation in uh, tequilas here, and and what makes what makes this aged one special. So it takes on a little bit more sweetness because it's been aged, and there's a reason that tequila is becoming popular. Is People had it in their heads because of just doing shots and margaritas that tequila was kind of this garbage liquor, but it's not. It's got just as much variety to it as bourbon does. So you have all these different, like I mentioned a minute ago, you've got different levels of aging. Sometimes it'll be clear. Sometimes it'll have some of the color taken onto it, but it's got a little bit of spice and then a little bit of the smoky flavor, not as much of a smoky flavor as like a mezcal would have, but it's got a little bit to it. And so it really comes through even with the, the ginger beer in this cocktail, whereas in a Moscow Mule, the vodka fades into the background with the lime juice and the ginger beer. 
And so I would encourage people to go out. And the, the great thing about tequila is because it's just now getting more popular, you can find a lot of really good bottles for under $50. Like I actually like the Cuervo uh, Reposado. And I think that's 20, $22 a bottle. And it's, it's a solid tequila just to have around the bar for whatever you want to use tequila for. So Porter, do you have a, do you have a preferred tequila you go for Brad? I'm actually not a huge, um, I'm not a huge tequila fan. I do like margaritas and stuff, but tequila is not something I tend to keep around all the time because I don't like tequila by itself. Um, because I'm not 20 anymore. Um, but, um, I have not, let, let's say this. I have not explored a lot of the fancy tequilas, a lot of the new tequilas, a lot of the aged tequilas that are out there. So that's something I'm interested in doing. Um, but, uh, I do, I do like Moscow mules. I do like the idea of this drink a lot because I think it's a fun way to incorporate, um, a, an aged tequila, a, a tequila that has a little bit more behind it, um, and, and do something playful with it. I think that's a, this was a, this was a great find on your part. I really like this one. Yeah, I uh, was kind of struggled with it. And so when it came together and I have to be honest, when I was making this, I was honestly expecting to, to take a sip and think I was going to have to go back to square one, but I tasted it. I was like, Hey, this is surprisingly good. And I had my wife taste it. And she was like, that's very good. So, you know, there's just two, a, a, a survey of two, but we have two people who have said that this is a good drink. So if you're looking for something different, uh, I would recommend checking it out. But also as to the tequila thing, I'm kind of with you. I, I do keep it around, but it's one of those things that I only have to replenish my supply, you know, once every year, once every 18 months. Exactly. It's not something that I go to. It's at the end of the day. Um, when I come home after a long day and I need something to unwind, tequila is not what I grab. Um, if I'm out at a, uh, Tex-Mex place and, uh, I want something to drink, I'll have a margarita and that's great. Or a, um, or a, a Mexican martini. Um, but it's, it's not like that alcohol I keep around, to that I grab all the time on a regular basis. Exactly. So, uh, so that was, you know, there's your, your, your Cincinnati drink, even though it comes from Baton Rouge, but as we all know, Burrow did win the Heisman while playing for LSU after transferring. So, so I, I think it fits for Stafford. Like I said, his wife posts a lot on Instagram and, and them going out just drinking beer or wine or whatever. But I did find one where he was uh, shaming Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers was on the sideline of a, a basketball game and one of his teammates was seen on camera chugging a beer. And so Rodgers tried to do the same and he went very slow and had to, to tap out before he finished his beer. So uh, Matthew Stafford's wife filmed him just power chugging a, a 12 ounce beer in about three seconds. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of us, myself, look, you got to do what you got to do. If you're on the lions and you live in Detroit, those winners are long. I've been there. You got to do what you got to do to survive all. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah. No, no shade. And, 
I, the problem with that is it's a terrible idea for the Super Bowl. If you're like funneling beers uh, while watching the game, you're not going to make it to the first commercial break. It's it's not a good idea. It's fun for a video every now and again, but I would not recommend that you drink beers in three seconds. I, I would rather uh, I would instead recommend that you actually take your time and enjoy it. And so. I was reminded of a beer cocktail that I'm fond of, but I had, I had forgotten about it. I say I'm fond of it, but I hadn't made it in a number. Of and it was a recipe out from Garden and Gun magazine called the Southern 75, which is a play on the French 75, which is a drink with a little simple syrup, gin, and I'm forgetting the other ingredients. Vodka. It's got some champagne in it. Yeah. But we're not making that. Southern 75, what you do is in a shaker, you put two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of Demerara syrup, which is just a different type of sugar. I did not have that. So it said you could have regular simple syrup. I actually ended up making simple syrup with turbinado sugar, or as we more likely know it from its marketing, sugar in the raw, which is just a little more granulated. It's got a little bit deeper of a flavor, uh, uh, richness to it, more like molasses or something like that. It's not molasses, don't substitute molasses, but it's just got a little bit more oomph to it than just regular refined white sugar made simple syrup. So I made the simple syrup. So you do uh, two ounces of bourbon, half ounce of that, and then three quarters of an ounce of fresh lemon juice, which again, because I had Meyer lemons around, I used Meyer lemons. So you put that in a shaker with some ice, shake it up, and then pour it in a glass with six ounces of IPA. And the original recipe called for sweet water IPA, which I don't have. Uh, again, didn't feel like going to the liquor store, but I did have a very citrusy IPA from a local brewery at home and the sweet water tasting notes listed as being very juicy and citrusy. So I figured my, <clears throat> my triple IPA that I had would substitute. So I made it up like that and I had forgotten how delicious of a combo it is and also how potent it is because you're mixing, you know, half a beer with a couple of shots. It's kind of like an upscale uh, uh, boiler maker. So I would recommend both of those drinks uh, consumed slowly because, again, you're drinking a lot of uh, booze there. But they're great, and you can honor your preferred team uh, by having those drinks. Now, yeah, now, I, let's let's talk about this for, for a minute because um, I think there is a whole world out there of beer cocktails that, we have the, the world hasn't really touched a lot on, um, but there's some potential for that. And I think it's great that this is one of those. This is one of those because you have a uh, an IPA and uh, Sweetwater, I think, is from the Atlanta area, if I'm recalling properly. Um, you can get it down in uh, Florida if you live in Florida. I've seen it at my grandparents in uh, Naples before, um, and they make some good beer. Um I would have done the same thing you did where we're not, not wanting to go to the liquor store. <laughs> I would have just used what I had. But um, I think it's a great idea to sort of do this mix because this is a fun way to use a beer, particularly an IPA, which has a lot of oomph behind it, in a uh, cocktail. I think that's kind of fun, don't you? I I do. And I actually, uh, as you were saying that, the one area or place where you will see more beer cocktails are in Mexican or Tex-Mex restaurants with, you know, the Michelada yes. and things like that, which 
I enjoy, uh, although it's it's usually almost a meal unto itself. By the time you add all the acidity of the tomato juice and just everything that goes into it, uh, but it is a, a good combination. Yeah, that's like a. Um... It, it, the, the, meat, the Michelada is interesting because it is you like you said it is one of those drinks that is very filling. So if you're gonna have that, you have to sort of work that into your meal plan because it's uh there's a lot of oomph behind that drink. There's there's a lot to it. Um and uh but it, it is one of those things that's that's kind of fun to have. Now when I'm having Mexican food, I tend to like a margarita with mine. Um, but there's nothing go- wrong going the, the Michelada route. Um, if that's your thing, but I, I do really like this idea of beer cocktails. I think this is fun. I think both these cocktails you pinpointed here for the game are a great way to show, sort of show your fan support for the two teams. Um, and let's be honest here. If Joe Burrow is able to pull off some sort of miracle at the Super Bowl, everyone who's listening should immediately go smoke a cigar because we all know that's what Joe Burrow is going to do in the locker room. And uh, that is a perfectly fun way to uh, celebrate a victory, don't you think? Agreed. Yeah, that was the one thing. I, uh, you know, I almost went with just saying scotch because of his fondness for cigars. But I, was, <laughs> I, I didn't want to be lazy. We've talked about scotch on the first episode, so I wanted to do something new for this. No, I think, I, this is, I think this is a great route to, route to go. So there you go, everybody. You now have something you can eat, two things you can drink, and we have set your Super Bowl next Sunday up for a damn good time. Rich, thanks again. Always a pleasure having you here. Always great to talk to you, Brad. Mm-hmm.